Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Uh, actually encourage others to um, to also start watching this, uh, this, this uh, today's discussion, inshallah. These uh, circles are organized by members of Hizb al-Tahrir. We are a global Islamic political party working to re-establish the Islamic way of life via the Islamic Khilafah based on the method of Muhammad wasallam in the Muslim lands. And this week's Friday circle is titled Supremacy of the Law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, Emmanuel Macron of uh, France said in a speech on the 2nd of October, Islam is a religion that is in crisis all over the world today. We are not just seeing this in our country. And he also added, secularism is the cement of a united France. And his aim is to improve the ability for everyone to live with one another in harmony. Now the question that comes to mind is, what actually is in crisis in the world today? Today, alhamdulillah, we have Brother Kaysa, who will be discussing the topic. And uh, Brother Kaysa, Jazakallah here for joining us. Pray you're well, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, very well. Jazakallah khair. Uh, inshallah, Brother Kaysa will be talking for approximately 25 to 30 minutes. And once it finishes, we will then move on to the question and answer section. Please do get involved with the discussion by leaving your comments and uh, questions in the comment section. All I ask from you is to keep... Um, to the topic at hand, inshallah. Uh, please, as I said before, like and share this video, uh, this video so others can get involved. And on that note, Brother Kaysa, over to you, inshallah. Inshallah. <laughs> يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد قال الله تعالى في كتاب المجيد بعد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الذين كفروا ينفقون أموالهم ليصدوا عن سبيل الله فسينفقونها ثم تكون عليهم حسرة ثم يغلبون والذين كفروا إلى جهنم يحشرون I bear witness there is no one worthy of worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he sent this furqan as a guidance, as a criteria and it brings people out of 
the darkness into the light. And in this Furqan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Anfal, in translation of meaning, indeed those who disbelieve, they spend their wealth to hinder people from the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they will spend it. Then it will be for them a regret. Then they will be overcome. And those who disbelieve to hell, they will be gathered. And it's a, subhanallah, an amazing uh, ayah to, start, uh, to, 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 to remind us of our position in the world and our future position and our return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the responsibility that, that stands on our shoulders as the ummah today. And we, you know, it's been a very, very busy week for the Muslims in Europe and in Muslims in the world generally. And as my brother Imran has mentioned, Macron's statements uh, uh, that Islam is in crisis, you know, is, 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 he went even further than that. He went, we have to build, you know, we have to be building an Islam of the enlightenment. And, you know, the, and he also mentioned in the same speech, you know, the problem is not secularism, you know, in, insisting that he's neutral. Um, but in the same token, you know, they're saying things like that, you know, uh, 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 we have to take away, you know, uh, separatism and that freeing Islam from a foreign influences. Uh, and we have to ensure, we have to outline, you know, outline new measures to defend the Republic and its values and ensure its respects, its promises of equality and emancipation. That's on one hand. And on the other hand, he is forcing, you know, and the same token is forcing a particular or uh, envisioning a particular version of French Islam that the Muslims in France have to follow. Yeah. So it's a hypocritical statement right from the beginning. Right from the beginning. It's a hypocritical, sta hypocritical statement. And these two weeks have been you know, very, you know, uh, 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 a lot of issues for the Muslims in France uh, with the uh, beheading also of, uh, or the, uh, the killing of uh, Samuel Paty, yeah, the teacher after the, the cartoons. So this discussion about our values and their values and our, uh, the Islamic values and the secular values have come to the forefront again. And they do every so often. You know? So, you know, but in the backdrop of this, we have to look at it. And because what we're looking at is who is superior, Allah's law or the law of secularism. So this is the context. I think we have to look at it because you know? we look at the reality today yeah? in this you know, COVID reality, the, the previously the leaderships of the world or the rulers of the world would look at the West, would look at Europe, would look at America, would look at people like Boris, would look at Boris Johnson, would look at Macron, would look at you know uh, uh, Trump. And they're seeing the dispute between Biden and Trump. They're seeing Macron and uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Le Pen, Marine Le Pen, you know, the votes coming. So look at this. And they don't see, actually, nobody sees, nobody in the Muslim world now, or even, you know, the, the, the third, what they call the third world. Yeah, nobody sees a, a ideal that's worth emulating and how they looked at this uh, uh, virus and how they dealt with this pandemic, you know, it's not something that they can em they want to emulate because it's a shambles. Yeah. The reality is that there's massive queues at food bank. Even today, I received a message from somebody in the family saying these are the listings of 14 food banks in the local area. Yeah. And these are 14 food banks, but that's not including the ones, other ones I knew about in the masajid and places like this. So these are just 14 particular food banks. So this is a reality of Britain. You know, debt is rising, unemployment is rising. Every day you see more and more issues of people and unemployment. 
they can't. This, the, the the people of this 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 country and the world can't handle this situation, and so it shows that they the the cracks that we always knew existed are increasing, and they're showing the the ugly side or more of the ugly side of secularism of capitalism. You know? So capitalism you know, is really failing these people. So, for example, there's another discussion today about free school meals. You know, that people are going to go hungry over the hot, next week is you know no school on as there's half term it's holidays for children so who's going to feed them yeah. so there's this discussion about you know how shall we get you know uh, 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 or, or shall we feed them yeah and, and at the same token when I was discussing with my sister who works in the school you know they, we were discussing home economics we used to make you know cooking and things like this we used to take our own uh, um, uh, ingredients with us to to school. And she informed me that actually nobody does that anymore. The school provides everything. And I asked why. Well, you know, why does the school provide everything? Because they don't want to put children, you know, on show that can't afford to bring in, you know, ingredients. Yeah. So the question really is, we have to look at the root cause of this, not the free school meals after, not the, you know, the solution that come after. How is it? That a society that claims to be so advanced, a society that claims to be enlightened, societies that, you know, the, the Macron's words were enlightened, it's not because they went through a, a supposed enlightenment, that's what they called it, when they, you know, took secularism as a belief. They, you know, they want this, and they, had, they, they saw, they, they took this, and how come this situation is there? Yeah. They can't even sort out their own problems at home, so how are they going to solve any problems anywhere else? So now, why should we? Why should we take a system? Why should we say, okay, we'll take a French version of Islam, or Britain does the same, the UK does the same with their prevent strategies and things like that. So why should we take a European version of Islam when it's failing? In fact, our position, the Muslim position, is uh, the Islamic position is that we are actually superior. Yeah. So this is a discussion between two Aqidas, two beliefs. On the one hand, the core of the secular belief is that man is superior. His mind is superior. The mind of man is superior and he should decide what's right and wrong. This is the core, one of the core values then, the core aqidah. This is what it really boils down to. A man's mind or legislation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. I don't want to look at this just, just from this position. Let's look at this argument, say man's mind is superior. And actually intellectually just, just challenge this idea and look at the reality. So if we look at the human mind itself, yeah. so if you look at when, when humans lay down the laws, you can tell all the time that they are swayed by the environment. Sway, you know, the, it, it, it's, the human mind is, is, is quite limited. And whenever the whims and desires come in the way, they go in a particular direction. They're easily manipulated. Um, for example, let's take some example to show how this can be. You know, uh, 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 so easy if the human mind is so manipulated, so easily manipulated and so distorted, then how can the human mind exact law or make uh, or legislate for other the other people? People are emotional. So, as an example, during this the main lockdown in in the UK, a discussion arose that nurses should get a pay rise. Now, we should vote on this in, in, in Parliament, what it was said. And the response was of some of the ministers that this is not the right time to discuss this issue. Why? 
because at that time, people were coming out on a Thursday evening, clapping hands together. The neighbors were coming and clapping hands together, saying, you know, we're applauding the NHS. You're on the front line. You know, you're taking the risks other people aren't. You know, so you're, you're, you're going to be affected directly, you know, by this, you know, by this illness, by this virus. And you're putting your life on the line. And I imagine a vote, a vote for a pay rise at that time. What do you think would be the outcome? Because emotions are high. What do you think would be the outcome? But the response is, this is not the right time to discuss this. It's not the right time to put this put this through. Why? Because they would have got a pay rise. Because yeah? emotions are high at that time. So this is how emotions can affect legislation, how emo- emotions can affect law. So this is how easily, you know, when we're angry, when we're upset, now, our decisions sometimes can be can be blurred. Yeah, so uh, emotions can take over, and and you know in, uh, uh, incorrect views can be you know can be said. Statements can be made because you know, this is the way insan actually is. He's emotional, and emotions are very strong. Yeah, when someone you know someone's angry, they will act maybe act a particular way, and someone asks them a particular thing at that time, the answer may be very different to when you know. Uh, um, you know, when someone's, you know, someone's happy. So I know my kids, if I'm looking upset, my kids won't come and ask me, you know, for something. And if I'm looking happy, they're more likely to come, you know, come to me and ask me something. Yeah. So can we do this? Can we do that? And they understand the response might be different. So just on that note itself, how can the the mind of man be superior to the, the legislation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Yeah. So, and the mind of man can easily be manipulated. Let's like another example. Who was responsible for the 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 financial crisis? You know, I think it's two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Who was responsible? Uh, you know, started all this austerity. Who was responsible for this? It was the banking sector. Mm-hmm. It was you know they said hedge fund managers and things like this. So it was people doing you know ninja loans. No income, no you know, uh, 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 no income loans. So not checking, you no know, selling debt. That was re- you know, that was uh, uh, not uh, you know not going to be repayable and things like this. So the banking sector made a lot of money out of that at the expense of everybody else, and this bubble crashed. Yeah. So who was responsible for that? That was the banking sector. So over time, what has happened? Over time. People adore, you know, you know, as you know, constantly on TV, constantly in the media, constantly on the radio, or constantly different media outlets. We're told that it's because, you know, people are taking our jobs. We're in this situation. People are taking our jobs. People are, you know, the, these Europeans are coming. They're taking our jobs here. You know, they, you know, they, they, you know, and people here are. You had this program called Benefit Street. I think it was based in Birmingham. The people, majority of people on that on that street are claiming benefits. So it's therefore the scroungers, they're taking off the government and it's therefore they're burdening the society. Now, hence, you're, you have to take steps with austerity. So it's their fault. Oh, you had other programs, you know, people coming from Europe saying, uh, 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 coming and actually saying themselves, yep, they're taking on, I'm coming here for the benefits and things like this. So what you've done is you've, you know, took away the burden from what it was the the cause of the issue, and over time you transferred that to a particular group of people, you know, foreigners that have come 
They've taken the jobs. They've taken positions that are rightfully, apparently are rightfully, you know, they belong to the UK because, you know, they're somehow superior. Um, you know, so, so these are people are to now to blame. So this is what, over time, this was more and more and pushed more and more and more. And in the backdrop of this, you had the Brexit vote. What do you think the popular, the the popular thought was? The popular thoughts and emotions was regarding Europe. So it was, you know, a foreseeable circumstance that you're gonna, you is gonna, the vote is gonna go that way because you've been manipulating the people for this long. Yeah. So people are easily manipulated like this. Yeah. So let's take Islamophobia as an example. Yeah. Over time, I remember this, this summed up the whole manipulation for me. My neighbor, you know, he told me a story that this old woman, you know, he's shopping in Asda. This old woman, you know, she's very frail. She's got a walking stick and she walks up to him and in a very slow voice. You know, he's, you know, he's, you know, from his attire, from his face. You know, she could tell he was Muslim. You know, she comes up to him, you know, you know, taps him, you know, gets his attention, very low voice and asks this question. Why are you trying to kill us? Why are you trying to kill us? That doesn't come out in a vacuum. So I remember uh, uh, the Oklahoma bombing um, you know, many years ago on the front page, even though it was later found out there was nothing to do with Muslims. You know, um, and the front page of the tabloid newspapers was you know, a fireman holding the, the body of a child, of a baby, you know, you know, uh, uh, who, had, who, had, who had passed away. And it was in the name of Allah. That was its front front page of the the, the, the newspaper. In the name of Allah. Yeah. And over time, you've seen, you know, uh, 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 news news and reports like this consistently. So, Muslim terrorist, Muslim murderer, Islamic terrorist, Islamic this, Islamic Muslim that, Muslim man, you know, beats his wife, Muslim. So, you know, even though the in the reality. A lot of these times that that it's got nothing to do with the his, the person's belief, you know, that somehow it's become that these people are here to, you know, to 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 you know have some nefarious uh, uh, views about us, and they you know they want to destroy us, they want to kill us, you know, they against our freedoms and things like this. You know, we may be against freedom itself, but you know, the the but the way it's pushed that we're here as a fifth column, you know, so. So now, now imagine that a back, backdrop. Today, the people in the UK are given the vote that should we kick out all Muslims in the UK. What do you think? What do you think the result would be? Uh-huh. The mind of man doesn't, you know, is it, always easily manipulated like that. So if the mind of man is emotional, if the mind of you know, humans are you know, affected by the environment, if the mind of man can be manipulated so easily, the mind of you know, people can be swayed in a particular way by creating you know, opinions, you know, by creating a common opinion, a common thought about things. So how is it then that he is superior to the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? When he's so easily led, because that's a reality here. What we're what we're seeing, he's so easily led. Yeah. So on top of that, now this is the reality of 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 of, of humans. 
Yeah? So we're not capable of deciding right and wrong in that way. We don't have the, 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 the understanding of humankind in that way to legislate for them. What we, you know, what we can do you know, is actually look for what is truth. That's what we do. Yeah? But on the same token, with people like Macron and people like this, would they debate and discuss like this with us? No. That's not actually the style. Yeah? What their style is, they resort to violence. This is actually the norm in the West. You might say you're enlightened and things like this, but the reality is you resort to violence because what's happened in the last few weeks in, 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 in France is a closing, closing of masajid, the arresting of people. There's a charity organization, the head was arrested. Yeah? Why? Because he, you know, basically, he, he apparently he said that these cartoons shouldn't happen. So, they, and they said, oh, the person who, who, who uh, uh, um, killed uh, Samuel Paty basically had, you know, read that and what have you, you know, and they, and they arrested certain people. They closed down charity organizations. Yeah? So it wasn't actually a discussion. It wasn't a debate between what's right and wrong. Is the mind of man better, or is the mind is uh, sorry, is the laws of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala better? Yeah. So it wasn't a debate like this. It's actually violence. It's actually, you know, uh, uh, laws. It's actually banning. That's the norm of Western society. Yeah. Because it's not interested in a discussion. So if you look at the history of France itself, this year, for example, uh, you know. Um, Algeria was celebrating Independence Day on the, on the 5th of July, and France sent back 24 skulls of uh, uh, the Muslims from Algeria that they took. 24 skulls right, that they've had you know, for, 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 for decades. 24 skulls because it was the norm for the French or even the British to respond to these kind of anti-colonialist movements uh, with, with harsh violence. They've actually said that France has a collection of 18,000 skulls from areas it's colonized. In fact, you can still see some in the museum in, 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 France, in museums in France. I think it's the Museum of Human History or something. You can see heads, decapitated heads. So now they get so angry. You know? Not that it should have happened, but now they get so angry when this happens. But this is actually your norm. This is what you've done you know, to the Muslims. This is what you've done when you've colonized people and you know, it, 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 uh, Muslims and non-Muslims alike. This is, this is your, this is your the, uh, uh, you know, normal modus operandi in that respect. Okay? So where are these, you know, this is, you know, this is the uh, you know, butchery is normal for them. Okay? France occupied Algeria for 132 years. Uh -huh. from you know, uh, uh, 1830 until 1962 when finally Algeria has some sort of independence from it and during this time you know uh, 1.5 million 1.5 million you know, Muslims were martyred in Algeria people were martyred in Algeria and many thousands more missing from their homes you know? so and this is the, this is the norm 1.5 million is not a small number no. This is the norm. Yeah? On top of that, after this butchery, they also instigated. I went to Tunisia, for example, and I asked one of the drivers, "You know, how can you all speak French?" Yeah? This is was enforced on the French colonies that they should learn French, learn the French culture. So it's a forced 
you know, identity removal of the, uh, the of the people, uh, the areas they colonized. So it's not about debate uh, and discussion. It's not even about enlightenment, because how they push their values is at the barrel of a gun. It's at the tip of a bayonet. This is the norm. So, and also they enacted laws in France that was sort of against, uh, sorry, enacted laws in the the colonized areas that allowed French nationals to usurp lands from the people there. This is the norm. This is the the history of, uh, uh, in fact, Britain has a similar history in that respect. So the people who are apparently enlightened don't like debate and discussion because they cannot win that debate and discussion. Intellectually, as I've showed some examples, you can't have that discussion, you can't win that discussion. We will always win that because we start off with the basis of truth. <coughs> In 1945, so it's not even sort of a hundred, you know, not straight after the Second World War, when you know the the the, uh, uh, the Algerians came out in the streets of Algeria to celebrate the Allied victory over the over Nazi Germany, uh, yeah, and then they, de- they demanded the independence from France. Forty-five in that year, forty-five thousand people were killed. About forty-five thousand people. Yeah. This is how they responded to that. Yeah. This is the this is the the brutality which France responds with, and Britain did also the same in the in the, the colonized lands, and the colonialists do the same today. Yeah. In the, look at the, the the massacre in 1961. This is in Paris itself. Uh, thousands, tens of thousands of, of Algerians demonstrating on, in Paris against the French, uh, French occupation of their country. Yeah, the French police in Paris opened fire on the protesters, killing 345. Yeah. So it's not even about, so who are you telling, Macron, that you know, there's this, uh, you know, we have a better way of life and things like this? Because we've seen your history. We've seen your norm, uh, your, your normality of your actions and we will reject this. Yeah, we're open to debate and discussion, but that's not what you're open to. In fact, you even tried nuclear experiments or nuclear tests on, on uh, 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 in Algeria. Apparently, it was about 50, some reports say 57 nuclear tests in Algeria. 57 nuclear tests in the Algerian desert. Yeah. And you know, it caused a death of about 42,000 people in Algeria and injured thousands and thousands of more due to the radioactivity. Yeah. And not to mention the, 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 the damage to the environment. This is what the history you know, the, the, uh, of, of the European countries are. Yeah. So violence is a norm. Banning is the norm. The headscarf ban was you know, it started actually in 1989 when some of the schools you know, started cases uh, uh, to stop Muslim girls wearing headscarf in schools. It's not something new. It's not post 9-11. It's not because of this mass. This is 1989. Yeah? So this is the norm. The country then banned you know, headscarves in, in public schools in 2004, and then in a car ban in 2011 under Sarkozy. So you look at this. This is the norm. This is not interested in debate and discussion. When the mind of man cannot win, cannot win an argument, this is the result. When the secularists cannot win the argument, and they cannot, this is the result. Violence is the norm. Banning is the norm. So you don't actually believe, believe in freedom. When these cartoons come out and you say, oh, this is freedom, you know, do you not actually believe in this freedom? Yeah? Your actions show otherwise. 
you each society has their sacred you know sacred cows yeah? and yours is is freedom itself so you can't actually say you uh, certain things you won't insult certain things you you know you won't discuss now, why are there laws against talking against the holocaust in fact you know france was uh, after the you know during the second world war France was accused, actually, and certain people were accused of sending, I think, about 13,000 people to Nazi gas chambers. That was the French authority at the time. So this is, you know, this is the, 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 the history here speaks for itself. And you don't want debate and discussion. You don't actually believe in freedom yourself because you ban. You use banning orders, you use gagging orders, you use the law and you use violence to stop discussion. That, you know, then on, the other hand, on the other hand, you say you want freedom. This doesn't make sense. It's hypocrisy. Yeah. Whereas the tr- you know the, the truth isn't your basis. This is the this is the the the, the you know, reality of it. In fact, the reason why Macron makes these statements even before this uh, cartoon issue in France, this teacher issue in France, you know, it, it, this is the you know, the Macron's popularity is ailing. Yeah, and he has to pander to the far right to demonstrate you know his Islamic phobic credentials. So because there's upcoming elections. So we're the tool, the Muslims were the tool used to further Macron's you know, uh, political career. You know? He had to be more anti-Muslim than Le Pen, the Marine Le Pen, you know, in his rhetoric and his policies. Uh, so Muslims are the target of this, of his political ambition. This is, the, this is the reason why he made those statements in the first place. So it's not nothing to do with truth. It's about his personal gain. So when you have laws, when you have the mind of man organizing life's affairs, this is exactly what you get. You know, even you know, the, the politicians here in Britain, they're more interested in, in you know, looking like they're solving the problem with the pandemic and actually solving the problem. It's about you know, securing your own you know, political future. It's not even about solving the problem itself and seeing points among, you know, against your opposition. And we saw that within the, 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 the Biden and the Trump debates. You know? So the reality is that you know, when man makes his own law, there's going to be hypocrisy. There's going to be, you know, you, you won't be able to stand on his own, uh, on his own arguments. Can, they will resort to the nature of kufr is that it resorts to violence and banning, just like they did with Rasulullah Yeah, When they resorted to torturing the, the Sahaba at the time, they resorted to boycotting the Muslims. They resorted to all these means except discussion because the discussion, you know, you, you, they could never win. So this is the reality. So don't lecture us about freedom. Don't lecture us about your way of life. Yeah? It's not superior. Yeah? Whereas us, yeah? if you look at the world today, the Muslims, uh, the, 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 the Muslim Ummah has become very wary of the of the solutions that capitalism is providing you can't even solve your own problems at home how are you going to solve problems in the, in in the in the muslim lands or in the world around and the backdrop of this people are after the arab uh, uh, arab spring and things like that, you're seeing people you're seeing a resurgent islam this is what your crisis is your crisis not ours yeah that you're seeing a resurgent islam and you see a a uh, um a threat to Western hegemony in the in the Muslim lands. You see a threat to your interests. The crisis is yours. The crisis is not ours. In fact, the, you know we have solution to world's problems that are far better than that of that, that of capitalism, that of secularism. Yeah, because our first and foremost, our basis 
is not the human mind, it's the truth. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, you know, in Surah Muhammad, Know that there is no deity except Allah in the translation of meaning. So our truth or our basis is that we you know, believe in our aqidah, not through you know, force, not through you know, intimidation, but through thought and thinking. Yeah? But through debate and discussion, we've never been afraid of this. We would debate it. Everybody, any question that any other uh, kufar uh, 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 have, we will you know, gladly answer. Yeah, we will gladly debate and discuss our beliefs. We will gladly debate and discuss our ruling system, and and, and the benefits of it, and and how we can solve the world's problems. We will gladly discuss this because our foundation is that of truth and thought, and our truth is constant. Your truth constantly changes. By changing public opinion, your truth was acceptable today, will not be acceptable tomorrow, was not acceptable today, will be acceptable tomorrow. But our truth is constant. Our law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the law for us is determined by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. It actually then closes the door of manipulation by those in power because we already know our rights. So it's not a legislative legislation by man. We already know. We have the sources of legislation, the Quran and the Sunnah. So we know our rights already. The Muslims know their rights already, so we cannot, the, the rulers cannot change the laws in order to fit them and they can manip- manipulate it. We know, so we have a set of accountability. We have the, the Qadi Madalim. You know, we have a history of accounting the rulers. You know, they say in the West, democracy is the only you know, is a monopoly on accounting. No, we have a you know, 1300 year history of accounting the rulers. This is in our, you know, our normal discussion. You know, from the time of Rasulullah from the time of Sahaba, when people stood up against Omar and said, you know, we will account you, we will, you know, uh, 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 on the various issues, we will actually count you. One of them picked up the sword and said, we will account you. you now, with this, you know, so if you look at the realities like this, we have a history of accounting because we know our laws. We, our truth is constant. Our truth. Laws are, never, are, not, are not changing like the wind, like they, like they do <coughs> in, in the secular West. Yeah. So our laws are constant. This stops manipulation. This stops you know, uh, 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 um, you know, people you know, subjugating the people. Whereas our economic laws, for example, have been designed to you know our uh, to to distribute the, the 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 food to the mass, distribute the wealth to the masses, so it doesn't end up in the hands of a few like it does in the West. Yeah? So in the Islamic Khilafah, we have a history of removing poverty or, or poverty. Yeah? Whereas we had the the whereas here you have you know sort of uh, um, people going to places for food, lining up in queues because they haven't got enough. You know, either they have to choose whether it's food or whether it's heating. No, we don't have that history because we looked that our primary concern was distributing the wealth. And this law is not manipulated, it's not changed. It cannot be changed because this is the principle of our economic system. Yeah. <coughs> so the Khilafah itself is based on that fundamental truth. And we will debate and discuss this. Our Aqidah is based on this and based on this truth and based on thinking and thought, and we will gladly discuss this. Just on those basis alone, our law is, the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is superior. Hence, we want the believers to come out even more actually, to look at this COVID reality, look at this, and actually, look, 
the Muslims have this responsibility on their shoulders that we have to take this matter to the rest of the world. We have something amazing. This Khilafah, this returning Khilafah, this resurgent Islamic system will not only look after the affairs of the, the Muslims in the Muslim lands, but give solutions to the problems of the world. You know? We can offer solutions to the world's problems. And we see all over the world. <coughs> and this is our position. The law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes the legislation out of the hands of the, the, the people and gives it to those who, that, who, uh, who deserves it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So our sources are clear, our sources are constant and they're not prone to manipulation. And this is the system we call for. And this system that you that you are afraid of the people like uh, Macron and people like you know the 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 West are afraid of research, being resurgent in the Muslim lands, and this is the crisis they they're worried about. So we have to actually see this. We should be on the higher ground then, that we have something that is amazing that can change the world, and it's our responsibility and our fard and our responsibility and duty to take this to the rest of the world. And you know, hence we have this conference coming up on the 31st you know, by Hizb al-Tahrir discussing these issues, discussing the, 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 the economics, the, the legality, uh, the, the legislation, how we can offer a world a different view, a new world order, a better world order. And we Muslims, anyone hearing this and anyone that, that we should understand that this is our responsibility. The capitalism is failing. Yeah? Capitalism, secularism has failed. It's a bankrupt system and we need to take the steps now to put the final nails into the coffin and bring back the Khilafah ala min hajin Jazakallah here to Brother Kaysa for that uh, enlightening talk, mashallah. Um, you know, as if the media was not doing enough to attack Islam, and Muslims, we now have politicians and world leaders doing the same, scaring and whipping the masses into a frenzy and creating, actually continuing to create hostility towards Islam and Muslims. And whilst they do this, they have only, but you know, they're only covering their own failure, the failure of secularism, the failure of attempting to have some form of an intellectual discussion about their way of life and failing to convince Muslims and non-Muslims alike as to why this secular way of life should be followed and adhered to. Inshallah, let's move on to the questions and uh, questions and answers section. Um, we've got a few questions already lined up for you, Brother Kaysa. Uh The first question is from Brother Tayyib Abu Saif, who is asking, we've seen the silence of the Muslim nations whilst the arrogant, evil French insult Rasulullah This clearly demonstrates our current weakness, even though we have the largest population and land in the world. How can we deal with such arrogance in our current weak states? Actually, I would is a fantastic question, but I would switch this question on its head. We are actually in a strong position. What I mean by that is that the rulers, you know, the, the fact that your 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 the the sentiments of the Muslims when they see these cartoons and things like this, is that you know that's why we started off with 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 Durud and Rasul and Salawat and Rasulullah because that's our norm, that's our foundation, that's our basis. He is Rahmatul Alamin. Yeah, he came as a mercy into ma to mankind to deliver a system that brings us from darkness into the light. So we give you know salawat at him constantly, especially on Friday. We give even more. That actually shows 
the 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 polarization between the ummah and its rulers. The silence is not from the ummah. The silence is from the rulers. And that position of weakness is from the rulers. Yeah. That actually actually shows us that we have a position now, we have an opportunity now to highlight this polarization. That who really do the rulers work for? You know, who really do they actually do in whose interests do they really follow? Whether it's peace with Israel, whether it's silence on this issue, whose interests do they really follow? So this gives us actually an opportunity to to highlight that polarization, highlight our strength, and to show that. Actually, as soon as we remove these rulers, as soon as we put their sincere leadership in our Muslim lands and establish that unity amongst brothers, then we will show our position. So it actually shows a weakness on their part because now they have to resort to this and it shows the highlights who they actually work for. Are they with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or are they with shaitan? And it's obvious who they are with, not with us. Yeah, I, I see even more interesting is, you know, these people have been placed by the likes of the French, by the likes of the British and the Americans there. So it's clearly who they who are they following, isn't it? Uh, we've got another question from Sister Suleya Um Zahira. The hypocrisy is very clear to see when freedom to insult is used selectively. And it has a very weak foundation when examining this principle intellectually. Like, you, like you've mentioned, it's a state-run agenda which requires a response from a state representing Muslims. Otherwise, it is always a losing battle for the individual. Kuwait has responded by boycotting French products. Is this sufficient? Uh, you want to answer? No, it's not sufficient. Uh, it was a good comment as well at the beginning, mashallah. Allah reward his sister. Um, but if you look at the, the reality of it, it's not enough. Boycotting is not enough. What? No, so... In the reality of the world, the, if you look at Qatar and places like this, and all the Muslim lands, they are dealing with these people all the time, in all honesty. These are just lip service that, that, uh, um, uh, uh, that, you know, that is just given to you know, placate the, the Muslims in that area or we're, we're boycotting them. Just like the lies we hear constantly from Saudi and you know, Qatar, UAE, all of these people who are saying, now we're recognizing Israel. You've been trading with Israel for decades. You know, you've been dealing with Israel for decades. You know, you've recognized Israel implicitly for decades. So this is just just lip service, in all honesty. But even if it's done sincerely, it's not enough. Yeah. It's not enough because uh, uh, it's it's empty rhetoric. It's empty rhetoric, uh, and it's not going to actually achieve anything at all. And the way you forbid a munkar is actually by making sure that it it is constant, you know, completely removed. And no way is that going to the, 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 the solve the problem for us. As the sister highlighted, definitely we need, on the, on, the, uh, on the world arena, we need something that represents us. We need a state that represents us, that looks after our interests, so that we can actually, you know, the, the, we can dictate the terms of our discussion with the West. Uh, and not be held, you know, as, as prisoners to the West, as we are at the moment. Um, another question from um, Nashad Name. Actually, there's two questions that kind of link in together, so I'll, I'll go through both of them. Nashad Name, brother Nashad Name is saying, some would argue secularism is actually non-biased, i.e. it doesn't favor one religion over another. So for them, it's a fair system. Is this a valid view? And just to add on to what Mutashim Sharif has asked as well, France is and has been ultra-secular since its enlightened period. In comparison to the rest of Europe, non-Muslim countries 
seem to be much more liberal and understanding towards Muslims. So is it just France uh, that seems to have this, you know, this blatant hatred towards uh, Islam and Muslims? Fantastic questions. Um, and if you look at the reality of it, I think we need to look a little bit more deeper into secularism and answer the first question. Secularism is an aqidah. It is a belief. And to say that it, it recognizes all religions, what it says actually is that religions, this is its point of belief that religions should not dictate anything that happens in society. This is a point of belief. Yeah? This is a point of aqidah. This is the core of secularism. Whereas you know, the man should, you know, the religion should not interfere in politics at all. And that's why actually secular, the, the, the word actually comes from the, the grounds or the path outside the church. So basically separating religion from state. Yeah. So from the point of view of Hinduism, from the point of view of Christianity, from the point of view of uh, uh, Judaism, from the point of view of Buddhism, secularism is fair. Because none of these religions have any say in politics because they don't actually, in their scripture, in their discussion, in the aqidah, there's got nothing actually to do with politics. Mm. Yeah. So they don't, they have very vague rules about be kind to your neighbor, but there's nothing to uh, uh, make sure that that, you know, uh, uh, that is enforced. And how is it enforced if someone steals from somebody? So, you know, the, you know, thou shalt not thief. But okay, so what if somebody does? What is a mechanism by, how do you correct somebody? Because that's the nature of humans. That humans make mistakes. People will thief. People will murder. People will kill. People will, you know, usurp. People will do all of this. People will slander. And and don't you need a a mechanism, a law to you know to to remedy that? Judaism, Christianity, Hinduism doesn't actually have that. So according to secularism, they're all equal. But Islam is not a religion. Yeah. Islam, on the other hand, it's it's a political ideology. It is a, a political and spiritual aqidah. It deals with what, he, what will happen in the hereafter. It deals with where we came from. We came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It deals with you know, what will come in the akhirah, the accountability, the questioning, jannah, jahannam. And it also deals with it right now, right here. It says, okay, people you know, will thief. And how do we deal with that? We have a mechanism, we have, a, we have judges, we have a criteria, we have witnesses, and who, you know, even down to who is a valid witness even, and who can be a judge. None of the other religions have that. So what we see actually is that secularism is equal to all other religions. Yes, it is all equal to all other religions, but Islam is not a religion. So it's not only even on the same, same level uh, as a religion. You know? So it's actually far more. Islam is a political ideology. It deals with state. It deals with people. It deals with not only how we, you know, wash our hands to you know, how we run a state and how we account the ruler. You know, it has all of that. And this is what uh, uh, France. This is what Britain. This is what uh, um, you know the West are afraid of. Just to add Britain to that, it's not only France. I think it was. I forgot his name. I think it was Charles Clark in in, in a uh, in a. Uh, interview in in Scotland, uh, he actually said the statement. He said, "You know, the the resumption or the resuming of the caliphate or return of a caliphate is non-negotiable." Yeah. So it's not only France, it's not only Macron. It's it's the it's doesn't matter who which leader comes in. 
the, the, the secular states and the capitalist states are afraid of this coming about. So we have here in Britain, we have prevent laws mm -hmm. you know, that actually police thinking and thought. We have here that anybody actually goes against the economic system here, democracy here, you know, you're extremists. You know, you know you're, 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 if you teach it in school or discuss it in school or colleges, you're an extremist. You have to take it out of the, the curriculum. What is this? No? What is this? Is this fair? No? But the only other religion that has, or the other only belief, sorry, that has an alternative economic system, an alternative ruling system, no? is Islam today. Communism is dead. No? Communism di died. So the only alternative now is Islam. So Islam is the, the, the major uh, the crisis for the West in general, not just Macron. Yeah. So at the same time, they all use Muslims as a political football to 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 further their further agenda. They done it in Britain. They done it in America when you know, when 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 Trump stopped uh, uh, people coming in from certain countries. Yeah, it's 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 the norm in the West. Yeah. It's Islam. They understand Islam better than the Muslims. Sometimes you know you hear this statement. They understand Islam is a political ideology. They understand Islam comes in a state form. They understand the nature of Islam. I think we need to step up and, and uh, make sure that we understand that too, inshallah, as a, as an ummah. Even if we, when you look at the makeup of these other religions of Hinduism, Judaism, what have you, you know, they, they fit perfectly into the secular framework because they don't, as you said, they don't solve the problems of man. Whereas mm. Islam is the, you know, it's, it's, create, it's giving all these world leaders sleepless nights because it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's not just going to, rock the throne their throne sorry it's going to break their throne and their way of life and this is what's given them sleepless nights <laughs> like for that um we've got a comment now from brother bilal muhammad um he's saying we should compare the fruits of secularism in regards to looking after people uh, development of families creation of wealth and distribution melting of different peoples into society etc Look at the fruits of what man has created and compare that to the systems of Islam and the system given to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, Jazakallah here for that, Brother Bilal. Uh, quite an interesting um, question now for you, Brother Kaysa, from Brother Muhammad Sheikh. Assalamu alaikum. It is my understanding that the Khalif is uh, contracted to safeguarding the Muslims within the state and the Khilafah will not start in a country like France. So when the cartoon is shown and uh, again, uh, and the niqab and hijab continue to be banned. Will the khalif do anything about this? Is this within his responsibility? The khalifa is the, the the leader of the Muslims globally, not just the. Although his authority might do, go to the frontiers of the state, uh, but he's the leader of the Muslims globally, and the, there are always political ramifications of people doing actions in certain countries in, uh, outside of of the of the khilafah of the coming khilafah. So, when you have uh, uh, somebody, you know, when 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 Allah Subhanahu wa Taala revealed ayat, you know, ghulibat al room. Yeah. So, when discussing world politics and things like this, is what the Sahaba were talking about. Hmm. Yeah? So we, the Khalif not only looks after the people, he has an eye on the rest of the world because his relationship with the rest of the world is that of da'wah. That's the job of the state, to implement Islam on its citizens, not just Muslim, from the comment, not just Muslim, the, 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 the non-Muslim citizens of the, the Khilafah, the Ahlul Dhimma, they will enjoy the rights. Actually, they enjoy better rights or more rights under the Khilafah than people outside, Muslims outside of the Khilafah. Now, they enjoy the rights of it.
the Khalif's relationship with the rest of the world and the leaders of the rest of the world would be that of da'wah and jihad. Let's not mince our words. So when it comes to things like this, we have seen historically our response to 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 people overstepping the mark is that yeah we will tell you to stop it. This is not acceptable for us because our, our starting point is decency. We even you know when 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 you know we we tell people not to insult the Rasulullah. He said you know cursing the one who insults his own father, his own his own parents. You know so. No, and and the Sahaba asked who in, who would insult their own parents. He said, when you insult somebody else's, and then they insult yours. Yeah, they insult yours because you've insulted theirs. No, you've 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 this uh, uh, you know said something in, uh, to, to theirs. Yeah. So our starting point is decency. Our starting point is morality. That's our starting point. Yeah. If your starting point is freedom and insulting. And think that we're going to have an issue, and the state will use all its apparatus in order to stop issues uh, uh, happening in the Muslim, uh, happening in a non-Muslim world, and in, 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 in with realities like this. So let's not mince our words. Once we have a state, you know, we can apply political pressure in order to stop things like this happening, either by negotiation, discussion, and if need be, if, if a threat comes our way, then we'd woo. Jazakallah here for that, bro. Okay, so we've got another comment from Brother Majid, uh, Majid Razak. Uh, Alhamdulillah, very well delivered and some very important points raised. What is very clear is the way you are projecting the Islamic standards. This is very different to how Muslims as a whole seem to be seem to understand Islam and somehow we are always on the back foot when defending Islam. You have simply removed this false pretense that secularism is the highest standard and all other ideas should be measured according to that. In fact, the truth is that Islam is the highest standard, and nothing else can ever match that. So it's just adding on to what you've uh, just said. Uh, so jazakallah here for that, Brother Majid. Uh, we have another question from uh, Sister Fakanda Fayez. Uh, question, jazakallah here for the talk, Brother. You have mentioned the bitterness of capitalism in UK and how colonialism from France is getting worse day by day, and we can see the effects in the Muslim lands as well as on the Muslim Ummah suffering in these countries. What advice should we give to the Ummah who are suffering in France due to Islamophobia, such as the two sisters who were stabbed a few days back in front of their family? And now on some social media, uh, people are asking the question, should Muslims migrate from France? What is the advice for the Ummah in the situation? And just to add on to that, uh, I've not read the article, but I've, I've saved it. Um, I think the article was titled, Should Muslims from France do Hijrah? So what advice would you give um, specifically to the Muslims of France, but by and large to the Muslim Ummah around the world? Okay. Uh, the question would be, um, in an ideal situation, where would we do Hijrah to? Yeah. The Muslims actually, you could say, done Hijrah to the, 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 the Western lands, followed the colonialists, because they, they destroyed our land so much mm. that economically, you know, we weren't there. You know, when my father came to, to, to the UK, it was for economic reasons. You know, when my uncles came to the UK, it was for economic reasons because there was no jobs. Uh, it was post-World War II and a lot of the workforce had you know, had been killed in, in World War II. So there was a work shortage. So you know, the the British, for example, invited uh, people from the, the ex, they called it the ex-colonies, ex-colonies. but... Uh, yeah, the colonies. <laughs> yeah, they invited people over 
you know, and they had you had you had tickets and things like this. Oh, my number came up. So it was like so they would invite people to come and work, and people came for economic reasons. Yeah. You know? So initially they came here to you know uh, uh, to and they would send a lot of money uh, back home. They would feed their families back home. But over time, what happened was they called their families over. Uh, they settled here. They bought houses here. You know, because my father used to constantly tell me as well as 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 a child, you know, one day they're going to kick you out. You know, so, you know, be prepared. One day they're going to kick you out. But sometimes I think we've forgotten that. Uh, they might still. <laughs> um, and and the, the point is we came here for economic. And so we, we, we came here for economic reasons. And now we're feeling the brunt of uh, living in life in the uh, uh, secular West. So we're feeling those problems because those problems are not in in um, uh, 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 in sync with our values and our beliefs and our morality. You know? So being called those two Muslim sisters, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward and give them speedy recovery, oh. called Arab, I think they were called Arab dogs and things like this mm-hmm. and they were stabbed. Um, and, you know, it was I see discussion over a dog or something. Um, that's what started it. So, you know, when we when we talk about so, then, then the question is, where do we actually go? If you really think about it, if if a particular family, I'm not saying no one should do hijra for safety, but let's look at the reality holistically. Where do we actually go, really? So, if we go to Turkey, oh, it's having some you know, uh, prosperity economically, but you still have a secular system there. You have. No problems there in that in that respect. You, you're still going to face the same problems. You know, the 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 Atarul is not the only thing that comes out of Turkish TV. Mm. You, know, if, you know, if you look at the other thing, is quite different. Yes. You know? So you know, so when we're blinkered, you know, by uh, Uthman and Atarul and things like this, then you know, we should you know wake up and see the rest of it. You know, where should we go? We're going to have the same problems there. We're going to have the same issues there. When we go to Egypt. You know, we have the same secular system there and people and our needs are not being met uh, according to the Islamic system. So, you know, there's still poverty and things like that there. You know, we go to Pakistan, we have sales taxes and things like that and people are, you know, you know die, dying of starvation. You know? Where do we go? Where do we go? We need a place that we call home, actually. You know, we said, you know, our lands, yes, but we need a place called home and that home is Khilafah. So my advice is actually you know, st- uh, um, divert all our attention, whether it's Muslims in France, whether it's you know, uh, Muslims in Britain, divert all our attention to removing the oppressive, oppressive regimes in the Muslim lands so we can remove them as fast as possible sure. and, and, and return, resume the Islamic way of life, the Khilafah, as soon as possible. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. But it's going to at least be, we, still, we might still have economic hardship, we might have still have issues, but at least we will be living under the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that itself is a, a blessing from Allah, that's a barakah, and it's, that will bring blessings in itself. You know, we might have issues because we don't work for khilafah for financial benefit or economic benefit. We do it because it's an obligation. It will solve our problems according to Islam. It will alleviate the sufferings of the believers. It will unify our lands. Yeah? And this is a place we can call home. And this is a place, inshallah, we'll all do hijrah to. Inshallah. You know, almost 2 billion Muslims and we're all homeless. You know, it's all stateless. SubhanAllah. May Allah 
elevate that position very soon, inshallah. Um, final question, inshallah, uh, Brother Kaysef, that's all right. Uh, Brother Jahid, uh, Jahid Huk, uh, Islam, why is there a is such an attack on Islam? The Kufar have succeeded in destroying Islam, right? They've removed our ruling, divided our lands, and are using our resources for their own benefit. Surely they've succeeded. So why don't they leave us alone and let us practice our deen peacefully? SubhanAllah. If they leave us alone, it'll mean the end of them. (laughs) (laughs) What I mean by that is, naturally, when you leave the Muslims alone, if you didn't interfere, what would be if they didn't have their... Uh, education policies in the Muslim lands and the curricula that is written in the West. If they didn't have this, you know, what would be the uh, the natural response of the Muslims? They naturally will resor- resort to applying Islam. That's a natural state of the believers. So, it actually, that's actually a sign that their system is coming to an end and the victory of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is near. So, the closer the victory, you know. The harsher you will see the sunnah. This is the sunnah, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the reality. The, the closer we are to victory, the harsher the kuffar will be on us. The harsher the rulers will be on us. Now, the more draconian measures they, and you can see that c- continuously, the more draconian measures they put on, because it actually shows that we are close and they're fearing us. They have to resort to violence and intimidation and, you know, and, and, and banning orders and gagging orders to continue their way of life. They have to resort to saying that we need a French Islam or a British Islam or American Islam, European Islam. They have to resort to this. That actually shows a failure of their system. They didn't go to our Muslim land saying, here's Des Capital, please, you know, let us discuss this and you know, please believe in it. No, they went with bombs and bullets. Uh, this is their normal. This is their normality. So we actually should, we should we should rejoice. The victory of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is close. So, what do we expect from them? Uh, they fear the resumption of Islam. This is nightmare scenario for them, and we'll not make this nightmare true, inshallah, very soon. Inshallah, inshallah. Uh, well, inshallah, we'll end the, the circle uh, for today, inshallah. So, jazakallah ahead to everyone who tuned in today. Uh, for today's circle. Inshallah, the Friday circle continues next week at 8 p.m. online. Uh, I also want to, I mean, Brother Kesa mentioned it in his talk, I also want to make you guys aware of another international online conference that will be taking place on 31st of October, which is next Saturday, titled The Return of the Islamic World Order. So please look out for the poster and subsequent material linked to the conference. It will be shared on the Friday Circle, uh, the Friday Circle social media accounts. Um, registration is needed, so please do pass on to others and register yourself and others. Um, even get together if you, if you really want to watch it together, inshallah. Um, I ask from all of you to keep us all in your du'as, to keep the ummah of Muhammad وسلم, in your du'as, to make the the oppression we as an ummah are under is lifted and with, with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we are blessed with the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this earth in the form of the Islamic Khilafah. We will end with the same video that was played at the start, which is actually the, the conference trailer. Uh, I also want to thank uh, our brother uh, Kesa for the great discussion. Jazakallah, brother Kesa. Um, and to all of you guys for tuning in and taking part. Inshallah, we, we will see you uh, next week. Jazakallah, everyone. Kulika Olihaza. Wastuk for Lazim. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and sirah are available at islampodcasts.com 
as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.